it. Welcome to Strata Stories. My name is Thomas Schreiber, and I'm the Director of Marketing here at Strata. Strata is a single EMR platform and revenue cycle management service for physical, occupational, and speech therapy practices that helps you achieve a 99.99% reimbursement rate. On today's episode, Paul Singh, the CEO of Strata, talks with Matt Jurek, a physical therapist and the founder of Osprey RTM Solutions, a company that provides professional staffing training and a proven workflow to optimize the clinician's time and patient engagement with RTM. Paul and Matt talk through how to incentivize therapists to bill RTM codes, the benefits of RTM for your clinic, and tactics for a successful RTM implementation. If you'd like to learn more about Strata, head over to stratapt.com or email us at hello at stratapt.com. Now, without further delay, here's today's episode. Matt, let's start from the top. What is RTM? Yeah. You bet. Yeah, RTM, it's been a buzz and it continues to be a buzz, right? So January of 22, new CPT codes get written. CMS pushes these out and it's like, oh, what are these new CPT codes? What, are, what do they mean for me? Are there, is there some value in this? Anytime CMS writes something new, a PT starts getting the cold sweats. Like I've got to do all this extra stuff to comply and make sure that they're doing things. And oh my goodness, what to do? The big umbrella. Paul, that I see RTM is, is a nod to me as a professional. I am finally getting recognized for what I'm providing in terms of medicine to help people. So all this research we've been pushing out there to show that exercise is medicine, utilizing that and having a patient who is compliant, demonstrating their ability and quickly relaying how they're achieving their progression is now billable. So my professional prescription is a billable thing. The other component to RTM is the extra communication. What we've done so much of in the way of extra care for our patients is now, if collected well, communicating is going to help a patient functionally get better per the research is billable time again, right? So it's a cool thing, but it often gets clouded in the realm because we're now out of the COVID cloud where everything had to be virtual appointments. And that has kind of stuck around, but it's it's not a virtual appointment. And that's where a lot of folks kind of get thrown off kilter that aren't too in the meat of what is RTM is they think it's a virtual appointment. I have to do an entire appointment to be able to build these codes. In the end, it's not. So the CPT codes are reimbursed in the way of setting a patient up successfully, educating them on the importance of it. And then them being with you for some time, right? So I've set them up. They're doing it. They're taking their medicine. Okay, great. There's another code that relates to the patient's compliance demonstration of it, use of the software or this device in a way that is going to bring some value to the patient and to the PT to progress them, their compliance. And then a tally of the extra stuff, the extra little communications, the time that you spent updating their home exercise program, tweaking their plan of care sending them a message, having a synchronous conversation, that's all chunked into these four new CPT codes. Yeah. You're sort of walking right into the next question I'd ask to help me understand this better. So benefits, you're sort of alluding to this, I forget exactly how you said it just now, but you said something along the lines of like, you're essentially getting credit for doing something you're already doing. 
Can you talk a little bit about that? Like the real examples and the scenarios that you're seeing with your clients? Yeah, 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 totally. There's benefits if you look at the patient's benefit and the PT's benefit. The really cool thing is CMS put these out. So we first look at the Medicare MedAdvantage population, right? They have to follow what CMS puts out there. We know that they're going to be reimbursing 100% of the time. The cool thing is, and I'll just allude to it real quick, we may get back into it, but we're seeing commercial insurances start to jump on board, doing a couple pilot studies with work, workman compensation that seems very promising because they like it too. But sticking with the Medicare population, the average age I bill on is 74, which is kind of cool because you you know I'm sitting here, I'm 40 years old, and I'm like, ooh, I don't know if grandma could handle it. But yeah, she can. She sent me an Amazon package like last week. Like she can do it. So it's happening in this population. And the cool thing when I go back and I talk with patients is I can't tell you how many times I've heard, you know, Matt, in PT in the past, I maybe tried a couple of the exercises or I listened to the advice of the PT a few times. But now that I'm being accounted, held accountable for, like I'm doing it. And guess what? I'm getting better quicker, right? So the patients are liking that. They're liking the ability to follow through on a plan be held accountable for it once they get over the idea that it's one more thing to do at home. But then they also like the ability to shout out a question real quick, get it answered. So that's the benefits for the patients. They're seeing the value in the service provided. Once we put a name to it, we can bill for it, right? And for the PTs, they like it because they're seeing a quicker progression happen. They're also able to be more creative in how they're scheduling visits and stuff. If they're a slammed clinic, they can stagger patients a little bit more, still provide this service and have billable codes come through while they're staying busy with getting their long wait list in. So that's being nice and creative. The other thing is it's additional revenue, right? So if a clinic owner just needs that to stay afloat, it's there, let's do it. What I'm liking is when clinics kind of say, okay, we're doing okay now, but if I adopt this program, Hey, I can treat my PTs a little bit better, my therapists a little bit better. Here's a little, you know, a little extra bone at the end of the month for because we've agreed that providing the service, you can get a percentage of it, you know? So there's a lot of cool things that are happening uniquely in each clinic as they adopt this program. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of how to like word this next question. You know, I think from my view, we obviously like our clients use our EMR, you know, we see their billing flow, we kind of see it all end to end. And, you know, it's awkward to say it out loud, but in one breath, our business owners will say, I want to make more money. You know, average reimbursement goes down, you know, let's call it 2% per year. Everybody knows there's that squeeze. But then the minute you say, or at least I say like, hey, have you thought about RTM? You know, and I'm not even the expert, but I say, have you thought about RTM? Have you looked at that? At least in my little small subset of the world, I immediately like get this pushback around what I think is the perception of a lot of work, the perception of a lot of things. Can you talk a little bit about that? What is like the biggest challenge or the struggle for these practice owners that, you know, as you talk to them about RTM? It's the four letter word, Paul, time, T-I-M-E. And they're like, and you got to just start with a time of understanding it, right? And, and these owners are just ground to a nub where do they have the bandwidth to even try to formulate a reasonable expectation of what this means, right? So it's taken as something. And yes, there is a workflow that needs to happen. There are specifics that need to happen. But in the end, when you look at what it takes to build these codes, 
I would venture to say in my busy clinical PT life, pre-RTM, I was doing 75% of this stuff already. Now I've got something that I can do during a random no-show, clinic cancellation, that kind of thing. We've all, as PTs, had those days and the term sticks with us as my day fell apart, right? So what do you do with that time? You get Mrs. Jones on the horn and make sure that her stretches are doing okay. You do that extra communication and that extra service is seen as invaluable by the patient, but it's also billable time now for the clinic, right? So as the owners, yes, there is that fight back of, man, I don't want to do extra. I think the other part as an owner, they've experienced having moved the clock from the west wall to the east wall in their PT's office and not hearing the rest of it until the Christmas party when finally things get smoothed over, you know? So as a profession, for some reason, therapists, we are picky and we get in our zone and our habits. And those are hard to change when we've been doing them for two, four, 10 years plus. But establishing an RTM program, if you choose a company that's going to offer the ability to make it easy for your PTs to do, part of that easy needs to be seen as the technology, yes, but then also the human component. Some group that's going to take that off your plate and assist you in training your PTs to develop these new habits. Once that's instilled, it's a natural flow. It's totally doable. Going a little bit deeper in that, though. So let's say you get past that. You go through the training, you get the right tool, the right partner, all that stuff. You do the training. What does success look like? You know, when I talk to some of these providers and owners that use our platform, you know, I get the impression that there's this perception that not only is it going to be hard to learn, but maybe a lot of the payers don't accept it. And you kind of alluded to this a few minutes ago that maybe more private payers are picking this up and stuff like that. But, you know, I guess the big, broad, important question really is, is like, what do results look like? And on the flip side, what do denials look like and stuff like that? Is that, Are you seeing stuff like that? I mean, we're only talking about, you know, you said January of 2022. So we're talking about a year and a half of data now, but what is that looking like now? Yeah. So you, you, start, you start with who is going to reimburse. Well, who has to follow the rules to the T January 1, 22? And that's going to be your Med Advantage, your Medicare, your Medicaid services, right? So you start there and that's a great place to implement because those are the type of insurances that are honestly hard to see these days and give quality time to because of the lack in reimbursement, right? The continual cuts that we've seen. So you start with the mindset of, okay, I'm going to get something back from these. I'm going to focus on these guys and do that. So if, if we just look at, Paul, let's say you were on Medicare and you had secondary and you came to see me, right? What I could expect from you. So the 98975 code, that's the setup code. You see me for your shoulder. I can expect $19 of actual reimbursed money for that one thing. Now you're a stud, right? I know that you're doing your work and you're logging in, you're giving me good data. Every 30 days that you've achieved 16 times of this in 30 days. So let's say I, I saw you for a two month plan of care because I'm a good PT. You're a good patient. I get you better. Two months out, you're singing my praises. You're writing Google reviews about my work with you. It's because of the work that you put in and it's demonstrated. So every 30 days, I can bill 98977. That's a $50 reimbursement that I'm going to see from your insurance, both of those 30 days. So just from you doing the exercises, being pumped up about 
what I'm giving you. It's $120 for your two-month plan of care. And that's all I did as a PT. Now, let's say you, you sent me an email because you had a business trip and you tweaked your ankle and that's part of the lower extremity of what we were working on. You sent me an email. I reply back. That's what I do as a PT. I want to take care of you. Well, that's a few minutes of my time, right? So that's eight minutes of my time spending a thoughtful response. So that goes in the bucket of 98980. And this happens every calendar month. So let's say it magically 60 days lined up with two calendar months. Perfect. I give you a call because I have a cancellation. I say, Paul, I know you're out of town. Is your ankle doing better? Have you gotten back to your squats yet? You know, I, I really want to see that base continue to, to build here for you. So we have that synchronous conversation that goes into the bucket. Now that becomes another billable code, 98980, which is worth $40. If that happened for two months, which in a busy outpatient clinic, it, you know, it's, it's not going to happen too often, but that's another $80. So now I'm looking at for your two month plan of care, $200 extra in reimbursement that I wouldn't have seen otherwise for 75% of the work that I was already doing. Right. So that's what the value becomes. Now you're, Realistic clinic owner is going to say, yeah, right. My patients aren't going to comply. My PTs aren't going to be that great. What I'm finding with the stats that I'm showing, if I factor in non-compliance by patients, a typical drop-off over a three-month plan of care, you're not going to be able to bill on everybody because Grandma Smith does come to you and she refuses to use technology. That's okay. You know, Don't force the issue on her. But if we average everything out in a well-established RTM clinic, I'm still looking at between $135 to $155 extra reimbursement per Medicare patient that comes in for a three-month plan of care. So the value is there. There's some little bit of understanding and some habit building up front, but that's kind of monetarily where we're sitting in terms of its worth. I mean, and it sounds like, just to summarize all that though, it's you still net out more. So it's not like you're giving up any revenue or, or giving up visits or anything like that. I mean, it, to me, I think this is the fundamental part of the confusion for a lot of people, at least the ones I interact with, is that there's just so much confusion about how this all works. And it's sort of veiled behind, you know, this perception that the tech is hard and what if the patient doesn't do this and the patient do, doesn't do that. But net, it sort of feels like, A, this is the direction the world's going anyway. And B, you're still going to end up revenue positive. And that's on top of all the be other benefits, patient, you know, outcomes and, and all that. I mean, is that, I'm not trying to like, you know, load it, like, you know, give you a loaded question there, but is that a fair summary though? It's like you, you the benefits are bigger than the perceived extra work, uh, I guess. I have to agree with that. And where it fits into, you kind of alluded to that on the front end of that statement. This can be done when you're seeing Mr. Jones two times a week for four weeks. You know, as a typical PT, we want to guide a patient into doing more on their own. So if I have a case that's getting better and habits being established at two times a week times four weeks, I'm probably going to drop you down to one time a week for four weeks. And I'm going to keep my clinic busy so that I can bring new patients in, right? But you're still receiving the RTM benefits and I'm still able to bill you at the same progress rate when you're in two times a week, when you're at one time a week. Then it's like, okay, yeah, this is a lingering thing, Paul. So let's just meet once a month. I'm going to keep your plan of care open. We're going to refine things, but you still have to continue doing this stuff. And you know what? Let's schedule a 15 minute phone call here or there during that, that, during that one month, right? The RTM 
codes are still applicable at each stage of that PT progression until you formally discharge the patient in that plan of care. So it really fits in and has its place and value in different means, you know, and you can visualize as you go on a management program where maybe we'd spend two months only meeting one time a month, the communication code becomes more valuable to you, the PT and the patient. Up front, the habit building codes of you taking your medicine, establishing that habit to make those changes in your body, up front, those codes are more valuable, but they carry through even through that management progression. So done right, it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and so when you say done right, what does that look like? And obviously I don't want to like breach any confidentiality rules or anything like that, but just when you think about your best, as you, you know, you've met a lot of clients for the last year, that sort of thing, you think about the clients that just adopted RTM the best uh, in terms of implementation, all that. What does that actually look like? Again, I don't want to breach any confidentiality, but can you talk about like what that looks like in terms of revenue, patient outcomes, like whatever the metric is that sort of wows you? Like what are the best practice owners kind of get when they accept RTM or build RTM into their practice? Yeah. So you take, and I'll go back to that number, you know, the 135 to 155 realm for one patient that averages out the one Medicare patient that you can't bill anything on to the stud Medicare patient, who's actually a little annoying because they've called you too many times to get extra information, but you're able to bill for that, right? So you bill everything for that person and then you build nothing for this person and everybody in between. When you average it out, a three-month plan of care, you're looking at about $135, $155 if done well. And when I say done well, it comes down to the clinics that are adopting it at almost every level. So part of my implementation process, I ensure leadership is okay with this, but here's the verbiage that we're going to use. We're going to hit the pain points with the patient to make the light go on to get them to comply. The most valuable code is the one based on the patient's compliance in terms of money. So how do we get over that hurdle? And the two pain points with patients, and again, model of Medicare patient, they are very grateful that they only have a $236 deductible and Medicare's paying for their insurance. They're grateful for that. We as the PT are not grateful for Medicare because over the last 12 years, they've reduced all of our reductions, right? So I say the verbiage that is really great is relaying to the patient that for full reimbursement of your professional care, Medicare has requested, and we are requiring here at Alabama PT that you partake in what's called RTM. And then you go into how pretty it is, but that starts with that first interaction with the patient. So I train the front desk staff on how to relay this and paint the picture. There's a flyer that goes out with new patient paperwork. Here's what it is. I've even amended attendance agreements to look like I agreed to participate in this to do service here at Alabama PT. So that by the time that patient comes to the PT for the actual eval, they recognize that patient's already expecting this. They recognize their compliance is, is a must. And then it just becomes, where do I send this to? And Paul, you're not doing very good at keeping up. You know, let's, let's keep it up because I want to be able to progress you. We should be here already, but we're not. Make sure you're doing your stuff at home, okay? Like, that's an okay thing to say as therapists. And I don't know us as a, us as a therapy nature, like we're too forgiving, you know? I, I don't know why the dog ate my homework is an okay excuse. Like, if your doctor said, 
take this penicillin every day. Yes, it's not a internal illness, but taking a pill is a lot easier than doing your exercises. Granted, I know, but that's the standard we should hold our patients to. So professionally, it's a nod to our medicine as how it works. And it's another arrow in our quiver to say, look, we're doing this and and we're going to do it right. So yeah, I kind of got off topic there a little bit with where I went with that response. No, no, it's good. It's good. And you know, it's interesting. Like I don't come from the healthcare world. And the interesting thing to me about healthcare providers is, is that it's taboo to talk about money publicly, but privately it's the thing they're all worried about. Right. So in one breath publicly, they're like, you know, man, I went to school to help people, you know, and you got to respect that. But then behind the scenes, it's kind of like, Ooh, man, like, uh, looks like 2024 numbers might come down another 3%. Oh, what are we going to do? You know, but nobody wants to talk about that publicly, right? And the thing I find really fascinating is, is that in the tech world that I come from, we talk about average revenue per customer, lifetime value per customer, things like that. And again, I know this is kind of taboo to talk about, right? Because it's the patient outcome that we're looking at, but we still got to pay the bills here. And what RTM looks like to me from the non-healthcare viewpoint is a way to let the patient get care in a way that just gives them more options, right? Like some people just, anyway, it gives them more options, right? But for the practitioner, to your point earlier, it sort of allows them to kind of fill in the empty spots, potentially treat more patients. Like it's not just about visit count anymore. I mean, you know, one of the North Star metrics uh, is probably visits per week and, and, and that sort of thing. But RTM is sort of, Again, it's like a taboo thing. I don't know how else to explain it, but to me from the outside, RTM seems like a, a way to increase that revenue per client and also get that better patient outcome. But for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like that's discussed openly yet, or maybe I'm just in the wrong circles. But maybe now that I've said all that, I guess one of the questions I'd ask you is like, in the time that you and I've known each other, you've traveled to conferences, you've met lots of practice owners and stuff like that. Is there a magic wand? Like, is there something that you wish like, I mean, I don't know, like, it seems like the more we paint the picture of the numbers and the better patient outcomes, like we're still all running into the same issue of like, it feels hard. It, there's just a lot of, I think, and I feel nobody's really talking about objective reasons to not do this. You know, it's all subjective. And, and I don't know how to ask the question other than to say, like, if nobody else was listening to this, what do you wish was different? Like, it seems to me like this is a no brainer, but everybody finds the 87 ways RTM's hard. <laughs> what, <laughs> what do you think? Like, what's the magic wand? If you had a magic wand, what's the thing? Like, how do we get more providers to take RTM on? You hit it because you felt what I've seen in terms of the slow adoption rate of RTM programs in clinics. And honestly, Paul, it's having to take on one more thing. And I, I think that that one more thing clinic owners are afraid it's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back, whether it's their own or their staff, right? I, I think that that might be the case, but it's always worth a try. The services offered out there, are they reasonable in terms of ROI? When we discuss the numbers the way that I did, you would say yes. So why not try? Well, Maybe there are prohibitive things such as contracts that get in the way. And if it doesn't work, now I'm paying for the service that my PTs aren't using. You know, so if you come across a quality offering where it's based on usage or there's trial up front until program happens or that the sweet spot, I would say, if you're paying monthly somewhere, if you have one nice compliant patient 
in your clinic spot, it's worth a try because then it's, if you just have one compliant patient that that the reimbursement you get from them that pays for that month use of the device, then it's a no loss scenario. So then you see if it's going to work for you. So in the end, I'm not a clinic owner and I can't speak on why the try button hasn't been pressed yet just because I don't see a reason not to try unless it comes down to some kind of prohibitive contract at some point. Yeah. And look, I'll put the disclaimer out there, right? Like we have not yet integrated with anybody on the RTM side. Not, you know, and that's a longer discussion of, it's not if, but just a when. But for whatever it's worth, like my, my view on RTM in general is, is that it's inevitable. Like in other words, there, we're never going to go back to a scenario where the RTM is not an option. And only being 18 months into this, as you kind of talked about, you know, with uh, with these codes coming out last January, directionally, the bet I think people just need to make or practice owners need to make is whether they believe there's going to be more RTM or less RTM in the future. And I'm on the side of this that says that there will be more RTM because I think not only is it better for patients and stuff like that, but more of us are going to age into that. Like, I know this isn't going to help, but I'm 42 now realistically, as I get older and older and older, I'm coming from a generation that wants to do everything on my phone anyway. Like it's almost easier. Like I'm, it's funny you used my shoulder as an example a few minutes ago. Like I kind of actually hurt my shoulder doing something. I got too many kids, but I went on YouTube. I mean, I'm, I'm just busy. I did, couldn't go to the office or I go to the doctor and I, Lord knows I don't know where to go, you know, <laughs> excuses, excuses. But I, I think my generation kind of goes to YouTube and Google and says, how do I fix this? The reality in the longer term is, is that RTM's here to stay. And my demographic is probably going to age into more PT visits. And I guess where I'm going with this is, is that I think practice owners kind of need to like decide whether they want to be on the forefront of this or not, because I think there is sort of like a uh, power law distribution of patients. And whoever figures this out sooner rather than later is going to actually get the predominant amount of the of the clients. I think it's just inevitable and I say that as a guy that doesn't own a PT practice either, but we serve a bunch of them. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like, it's funny. I'll talk to some of our most ambitious clients and I'll just define ambitious as like, they're opening two to five new practice locations a year with us. And it's so interesting. You talk to these folks and they're so ambitious, like nothing gets in their way. And I remember one in particular, I was like, hey, so what's your plan with RTM? And he just stopped and he's like, man, staffing's hard. Last thing I want to do is like try to figure out how to train these people. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know what his like visit counts are across 10, 15 other locations. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I know your demographics. We're talking about thousands of visits a month that are qualified for this. Are you really prepared to leave that money on the table? And, you know, he was really adamant. In other words, the fear of the unknown, I suppose, the fear of, I think in the industry or in psychology, they call it loss aversion. We're more primed to fear the loss of something than the gain of something. Mm. In this case, he was so fearful of the potential of losing staff that he was willing to kind of forego, in his case, tens of thousands of dollars in monthly revenue if he just proposed RTM to a percentage of his clients. That's an amazing example. And I just thought it was fascinating. Like, to me, I'm like, oh yeah, my God. that's an amazing example. <laughs> like, it was just wild. Yeah, it brings across a thought too of, these are CPT codes. So in the therapy world, in the billing world, you know that if eight minutes or more of time is spent on teaching somebody exercise, that's a therapeutic exercise code, right? That has a number. That is a CPT code. 
Same with therapeutic activity, neuromuscular rehab. These are CPT codes that, if met, can be billed, right? So they can be billed across the board to whomever has met those requirements and the PTs put that effort in to build those codes. So when you look at Medicare versus other insurances, you are free to build these codes if you're following CMS's guidelines. It's up to the insurance to reimburse back. But it is a step in that direction to some form of hybrid medicine where there's a virtual component to it. I'm going to fight as a PT tooth and nail because there's too much value in your presence with another being to help guide them through something, even just the hand on the shoulder that we're going to get through this kind of thing. There's an invaluable component of that. However, if I accept that knowledge of that person as a working professional myself, I don't have time to go in two times a week to drive down to the PT office and and do those visits, right? But if I'm offered a program that if I choose to expect and accept it called RTM, yes, I'm going to take my exercises online. I'll message my PT here and there, and I'll see you two times a month. I would not come to you if that didn't exist. You know, and I would be a commercial insurance. So we're still gradually getting more and more commercial insurances reimbursing these codes. But that is a gain more than a loss when you talk about that commercial component. You talk about your Medicare patients, that's just supplementing what has been taken out of your pocket by Medicare over the last 12 years anyhow, and keeping those folks accountable to continue to serve your community. Where RTM goes from here, this is the first step and you hit the nail on the head. Will it be called RTM in 10 years? I don't know. It'll be some kind of form of hybridized care that is reimbursable, I'm sure. So let's just get in that mindset and and start working our new workflows and our new habits around what is present and reimbursed at this point so that we're ready to take that next step in two years when something else changes or morphs from it. Again, not that my opinion matters. I'm I'm not a PT, never had a practice or whatever, but I, I agree with you. I mean, as a patient, I expect that a provider will meet me where I want to be met. Yeah. And whether that's call into telehealth to say, I got a sinus infection. I mean, I guess my point is as a patient, I think in 2023, we've come far enough as a overall industry where I know that if I need to like physically get checked, no amount of telehealth is going to help me. But on the flip side, 99% of my issues at this age can be seen with telehealth. And, and even on the off chance, I'm right on the cusp, the nurse practitioner or whatever says, well, Paul, that's a little too much. You got to come in and see the doc you know, let's get you scheduled. And it seems to me that like, we're going to see that with PT over the next couple of years. Now, like, nobody really knows. Is it going to take us three years to get to that level or three uh, or 10 years? Nobody really knows. But mm-hmm. I just think RTM or whatever it's going to be called is here to stay. I think it's one of those things where there's going to be a first mover advantage. Practitioners and clinics that get ahead of this now and sort of go through that hard growing up point of like, how do we get people on board and all that? Are, they're going to be an advantage it's better to learn and test this stuff now than to do it in five years when everybody finally gets on there. To that point, again, I don't want to breach any confidentiality or anything like that, but have you seen any of your clients do anything interesting to kind of incentivize their clinicians or their staff to actually recommend RTM? Like, I feel like I'm going to get skewered for this, but everything from like bonuses and spiffs to... Starbucks cards? I mean, what what are some interesting, have you seen some interesting tactics that owners are using to drive RTM uh, adoption of by their own staff? Those are the most successful clinics too, because their staff are 
encouraged to do it. You know, whether it's five uh, percent of the RTM codes that you bill a month, you know, that's way better than a pizza party every month, in my opinion. I mean, that's going to pay for my gas for that month, honestly. New grads, it's fun to kind of play it out with new grads. If you say, okay, if you're getting ten percent of the RTM codes that you bill, and so for my example, let's let's call it on the low end, $135 per patient, you know, Medicare patient that comes in, right? That's what I can average on, on what I'm billing. If I'm seeing one patient every 45 minutes, no assistance, no aids, I can be expected to see 30 evals in a month. If I have a 30% Medicare population, that's 10 patients. So if I average $135 times 10, now I'm looking at $1,350 for my work as a PT in this clinic, working a very conservative model. And if I got 10% of that, that's $135. So if it's $135 times 12, and I apply that to my student loans, I'm paying off my student loans five years sooner than I would have otherwise. You know, so like when that perspective is taken by an owner, those clinics are producing more in the way of RTM for sure that I've seen. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, separate discussion. I don't think people are going to actually put that extra money towards their loan. I imagine it's uh, dinners and everything else, but, <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's a, but that's a different episode. Maybe that's one way to think about it. Maybe the gas money thing, yeah. maybe the gas, I don't know. Yeah, but that'll be a different episode. But I think it's one of those things though, that like, maybe a different way to say this, I think, is that whoever adopts RTM sooner is likely going to be at a higher advantage of getting it figured out across their their patients sooner. And when that happens, it's almost like you instantly make up for five or six years of declining reimbursement rates. It's almost like you just get that big boost right away and it gives you just more free cash flow to figure out what you're going to do as a practice. Because, you know, not to get like too colorful here, but I think that this whole industry is really a bunch of David versus Goliath battles mm. where you have all these little individual practices with this asymmetry of information, you know, they don't really know what the payer is paying them versus everybody else and all this other stuff. And so it's this like David versus Goliath thing. And I think there's something to be said here about like adopting something like this sooner, figuring it out faster than everybody else, and then using that free cash flow that comes out of it to do what you just said, you know, in terms of like incentivizing your staff, but potentially also investing in, in the clinic's future, whatever that might be. And I think that's what gets lost when I hear like really interesting, ambitious clients of ours just kind of summarily brush off RTM. You and I have had conversations about this in the past of like, it's, it's the perception that we're all fighting, not the actual reality. Mm -hmm. That's stimulated me too to kind of carry it on of, we've said that there's, this is going to go somewhere. It's going to morph, it's going to evolve into something in the healthcare scenario with with therapies. But if we look at what's in existence now and what you can do with these codes, if you said, okay, this is going to be a part of my model of care supplying RTM, if we chunk it down, Medicare, we can say, we know we're going to get reimbursed by Medicare population. So that's going to take up for those decreased reimbursements. If you look at the commercial, those are busy professionals. Use it to market a way to meet them at their home so that they're not driven to the clinic so many times. Will the insurance reimburse it? I don't know. Tie it into a package for them. Use it, tie it into a package for those commercial insurances. Then you got the 
third-party payers, so the workers' compensation, the MVAs, that kind of thing, start driving that into a package to market to those work comp claims. Look, we're going to stay on top of your patients and hold them accountable. They love to see that because they want to keep track of every visit that's made, right? So it's like we get pigeonholed and what are we going to get paid for this? Well, let's look at Medicare for that because we know that they're going to be fully reimbursed but we can utilize it in different ways with what we have now, make the most of that offering, learn to use it. And now we're prepared for the future as things go forward and other insurances are are catching on board and the whole industry morphs into the hybrid care. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fascinating, man. I could riff on this for hours with you, but you know, one thing I realized I didn't ask you about uh, earlier on Osprey RTM, you want to talk about that real quick? I don't want to steal your thunder because I think um, as I've gotten to know you over the last couple of months, I think your story is really fascinating. So can you tell us a little bit about Osprey RTM, kind of what you do? And I'll leave that open-ended because I'm, I love hearing your story. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's a fun one to tell. It's, it's a pretty fun life that I've stumbled into. And, and I would have to start with stumbling into my wife and her being crazy enough to marry me because the cool things that I've done, half of them wouldn't have been possible without her creativity and motivation and support. So props to Leah. But yeah, so worked out in Oregon for a decade. My wife's a PT as well. Had two beautiful kids out there. Our family's back in Indiana. And it was our adventurous spirit that just said we could do this somewhere else. And so we were out there, but we quickly found how difficult it was in our space with our professions demanding what it is in our life. And difficulty to scale too. That's part of the profession's downside, if you will. As a staff PT, we felt we were missing out on our kids. So we got a crazy hair in us and said, we're not going to let this time slip away. And we sold everything, got an RV and started traveling as contract PTs. So we've been traveling the country for the last four years now in an RV, doing different contract jobs, homeschooling the kids. The kids, my daughter just turned 10, son seven, and we have stayed in 42 states already and they're 10 and seven, which is more than a lot of adults can say, right? So just that part has been a beautiful blessing. But in so doing, we went back to Oregon and the partner that uh, I'm real good buddies with of the group that I worked for prior, he said, come on in, let's do a contract. And this happened to be January of 22. and so. Working with him, I had the conversation, casual conversation of even though he was throwing everything out there that he could afford to throw at me at my feet to get me to stay. I said, I'm still traveling. We love this too much. But what can I do from the road for you? You know, and I was aware of telehealth stuff. So can I develop a telehealth program? Just do it, you know, on the road with you. And he said, you know what would be better? I think there's potential in this RTM thing. Would you mind diving into it and figuring it out? Because I don't have the bandwidth. And if it becomes something, for our clinics, we'll, we'll figure out a great proportion to split it. Okay, great. So I was the only PT in the United States with time on his hands. <laughs> so I was able to jump in, figure this out, develop a workflow that worked, morph it when I started talking to other clinics and stuff. And so in so doing, I saw that gap of technology and real life busy PT how do I fill that gap? And so uh, I formed Osprey RTM Solutions and Consulting and just offering the ability to consult 
for both the software side of things to say, hey, this needs to be in place to make a PT's life easier and doable for this thing, because you know there's value in it. So how do we tell them and get them involved with it? But then also on the clinic side of things, whatever you got, let's make it work for you and and figure out the the human side, because there's a sequence of steps that's going to make your life a whole lot easier where this doesn't become extra work for you. So through that, got to know you and Adam, which has been awesome. And because Adam's down in Osprey, Florida. And so I just, I just randomly sent a, a LinkedIn message to him because that was cool. Well, our office is in Osprey, Florida. And when we saw you reply or email, message us and it's at Osprey RTM, we're like, I'm not going to speak for Adam, but I just remember thinking like, oh, Osprey's not a big town. So how did we end up in the same, with the same name, <laughs> you know, with the name? So anyway, <laughs> right. but, but it all worked out. And I think your story is super interesting. On a personal note, I did the RV life for a while too with a couple of kids, but the thing about it is, is that, so we've, we've had Jamie Schreier on the, on the show uh, separately, and he talks a lot about sort of building your practice around your lifestyle and, and being intentional about that. And I don't want to steal his thunder either, but yeah, I mean, you, you, your story kind of like proves that you can do that. And I think that I'll just kind of stand by my earlier statement that like, you know, I think a lot of the reasons that people push back on RTM, at least when I speak to them, is sort of subjective. It feels hard. It feels complicated or whatever. But objectively, it's just not going anywhere. RTM is kind of here to stay. I think now the question really is, is how far does it go? And and from a provider and a clinic standpoint, who figures it out sooner rather than later? Because it will, I think it's going to become a competitive advantage. I mean, we can already see it across our data where clinics that really kind of try to meet the patient where they are with flexible scheduling, flexible this, flexible that, you do that and patients reward you with not only more visits, but also more referrals and word of mouth and all that. Thanks for listening to another episode of Strata Stories. Strata is a single EMR platform and revenue cycle management service for physical, occupational, and speech therapy practices that helps you achieve a 99.99% reimbursement rate. If you'd like to learn more about Strata, head over to stratapt.com or email us at hello at stratapt.com.